Hi, people, and welcome. This is Andy of Andy's Personal Development. We are currently live in the breakout room. For those of you who may be joining us live on this stream, this is a strange hour to see our podcast on air, but we just work sometimes with how our guests available. And so we have on the studio waiting to be introduced a special guest. I'd love to introduce introduce him by telling you a little bit about what he does. His name is David Dipong, and he's a professional realtor, real estate advisor, author, self-development coach. And so without further ado, let's introduce our guest live in the breakout room, David Dipong. Welcome, David. Thanks, Andy. Good, good to be here. Yeah, good to have you. Good to have you. So, David, Tell us a bit about yourself. Tell the world about yourself. If you had just one or two minutes and you had to make a punctuative statement, what would you say about yourself that people would remember for a long time? Well, I'd say I'm a real estate professional that found out a long time ago I needed to be invested in my clients' lives just as much as I was invested in their real estate purchases and sales because the reach you have is only so much so the only people i could work with on a daily basis if i was only interested in the in the purchase or sale of property would be people who are financially capable right now and my mission evolved into reaching the people who aren't quite capable or ready to take that step and giving them the information and tools they need to reach a point in their lives where they would be. So I started investing heavily into helping people develop themselves and achieving my goals through being of service to others. Okay. Sounds good. Thanks for sharing, David. How did you become involved in real estate? What was the drawing factor for you to get heavily involved in real estate? There were a few things. One is that it's one of the easiest and best ways to build wealth for yourself while mm -hmm. also establishing a comfortable place to live. <laughs> okay. And okay. The second thing is that they're such a great investment. I was able to become my own boss and start my own business and support my family while creating a life by design, you know, while having the time to choose where and when my time and effort go instead of just showing up at a job and working nine to five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the practical things that you would ask people to observe whilst getting involved in real estate investments, guidelines that they should observe? The first guideline is what can they afford? Everybody wants to buy the forever home right away. Mm -hmm. But the way it works in higher cost areas, and much of the country is a higher cost area nowadays, yeah, is... Yeah what you can afford monthly is the more important factor not how much you can spend on a home and what your ideal home is but a home that meets your needs that you can afford and 
would be able to keep in case of financial hardship. That's the first thing you should be looking for. Okay. And in terms of investment, do they go to a third party? Should they look to collaborate? Or is it a smarter thing or safer thing, I should say, to go solo, either through a mortgage company, bank, or one of those companies that deal in real estate itself and would have opportunities available for people to invest? I always recommend partnering with a real estate professional like myself. You need somebody okay. who's going to be on your side throughout every transaction and after. And say how we handle it in California, the seller pays all of the fees for both sides of brokers. Now, this isn't the case everywhere, but if you're going to purchase and invest in real estate, which is going to be the most expensive investment or one of the most expensive investments of your life, why wouldn't you want to work with somebody who specializes in doing that type of stuff every day, who works on investing in their own properties, who matches the goals that you're trying to form and already has a proven track record of achieving them? Right. Which basically describes you. Yes. Well, yes, because <laughs> you go to a bank, you go to a seller, you go to somebody else, you can always buy a property from anywhere. Finding the property is not what I do for you. I, I can help, mm -hmm. but it's not the bulk of my job. Making okay. sure the transaction goes down without a hitch, knowing how to solve all of the issues that you don't knowing which properties and what areas are going to be great investments or how we can make a property you afford into or a property you can afford into one that actually meets your needs. Those are the things I, I can help with. The, the long-term plan, helping you create a 20-year plan from property number one to retiring early because property number four pays for your cost of living. Okay. Okay. All right. So we, we're talking basically about an advanced state of real estate development. I am curious about the fact that you are considered as a go-to advisor for real estate. How do you incorporate self-development coaching into the process as you deal with your clients? The biggest way I incorporate it is that most people are the factor that are let me restart the <laughs> biggest way i incorporate it is that most people are their biggest obstacle mm. people will come to me and say real estate's too expensive i can't afford it i can't do this i can't do that when actually what they're saying is it's overwhelming i don't know how to do that or i'm not willing to do that and if i can provide them the answers and show them how a monthly change with their habits or a weekly change in their habits would unlock this for them. They get to decide whether it's actually something they want or whether there's another reason that they're preventing themselves from buying a home. Oftentimes it's not the money that's stopping people from buying. It's the fact that they don't believe they can. So you have a system, a method, David, by which you work with that belief is it is it something similar to what we have in our coaching profession that is called limiting beliefs 
or disruption of self-belief where they are challenged to change their mindset as to how they need to approach the investment because they have lived in that kind of mode of thinking mostly all their lives. And now you have to address that before you actually get down to the investment part. Absolutely. Because as much as we are logical beings, human beings, we make decisions based on our emotions. So it's a mm. first about connecting a different emotion to the idea of, let's say, buying a home or getting in shape or saving money for an investment. A lot of people are trapped in fear and overwhelm in, before even trying to do one of those things. And you okay. need to instead change the emotion that that idea is connected to, to something positive. You need to connect with the reason why you need that thing, what okay. you'll lose if you don't get that thing and how much that thing will benefit you as opposed to the constant fear of never having it, but believing you can't with no proof, no evidence, yeah. Yeah. just because yeah. other people told you it was too mm. hard. Or they had a negative experience and they shared it with you. And then you decided, okay, maybe that is my boat as well. I, I have faced that several times when I deal with people who are in that similar frame of mind. I want to move on to something. And I, I am considering this as labeling it to be models of investment when it comes to real estate. Mm -hmm. The first thing that I was told is that go to a bank get a mortgage on a property, ensure that it's a rental property so that the persons who are paying the rent in part is going to help you pay the mortgage at the end of the month. And what little remains, use that to invest in another property. How does that song come into you? That's the basics of it. Really, uh -huh. it's the key to wealth is to buy properties and never sell them. <laughs> ah. <laughs> Buy more, never sell, because you always end up with more. But to get a little bit more complicated in it, I guess, uh -huh. there are so many home options where you could buy a two or three bedroom, a four bedroom house and rent three of the bedrooms out. You could mm -hmm. buy a duplex or a quadplex, some a home with four units, move into one of the units and have the other three units be renters, like you said, who are right. paying for your right. mortgage. There are so many ways you could buy a single family home and build a guest unit out of the garage in, in ADU, an accessory dwelling unit. That's very common in California. And you could rent out the back so that somebody pays, again, a third or a half of your mortgage. There are so many ways for you to buy a property now and not shoulder the entire mortgage yourself. The reason why you should do it as early as possible in life is because many of those ways might involve a roommate or other people living on the same property as you. Yeah, and if you're yeah. in your 20s and 30s, that can be a great stepping stone to wealth. But once you get to your 40s and 50s, you start mentally closing yourself off from wanting to live with roommates or live next to your tenants. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Thanks for sharing, David. So I want to switch gears a little bit and look at the author part of David DePong. And 
the book that you wrote, The Long and Not So Short of It. First of all, how did you come up with that title? What inspired you to put that as the official title? Or were you advised by publishers or editing partners to use that as the title? You know, I came up with that title myself because it really okay. resonated. Life uh -huh. is long. <laughs> and with modern longevity, science, medicine, it's getting longer. The number of people uh -huh. over 100 are supposed to are supposed to quadruple over right. the next 30 years, which means people are living longer. People are holding on to their homes longer. We're making more mm -hmm. people. There's it just an increase across the board of people mm -hmm. and maybe not an increase of the resources available to them. So when right. I thought of a book that I wanted to write, I thought of, well, people often try to summarize and get past things by saying the long and short of it is, and here's your quick answer. Well, <laughs> the long and not so short of it is life is long. You have to work on the long term. Nothing else is going to help you. Short term solutions might feel good, taste good, smell good, but they end up putting you in a terrible place long term. And so you have to focus on that as soon as possible to change into the person and the life you actually want to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, was it challenging to put together the content for the publication? Did you have long studies? Did you go and do a lot of interviews? Or did you basically draft a lot of the experience that you would have gained over the years and make it easier to get the content for the final publication? It's mostly my experiences and a lot of personal research I've done throughout my life. Right. I ended up rewriting it four or five times because <laughs> I kept looking at it and saying, how can I make this simpler? How can I break it down so that anybody can do it? How can somebody take one small step a day mm -hmm. and inevitably reach their goals? without even thinking about the long term, because thinking okay. about it is overwhelming. But if you only have to think about it once or twice a year, and the rest of the year, you're just doing those pre-planned steps you made out for yourself, everything becomes so much more palatable, so much right. more achievable. And yeah. it's easier not to get overwhelmed when you're just thinking about what you have to do tomorrow, as opposed to 40 years from now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, make makes sense, make perfect sense. Did you have a specific audience in mind, David, when you put the publication out? A group of people that you actually want to get that message out to? I originally did. I wanted to focus on the bottom 80% of income earners because the top 20 easily make enough money that whether they choose the right things, the wrong things, what have you, they'll be fine. They've got okay. enough money to recover from their mistakes. But then what I realized as I was writing the book is that everybody is different. There's mm. life yeah. is a spectrum now. Uh-huh. And the ideas in this book can help anyone unless your life is a perfect 10 uh, across the board. In every single relationship, job, choice, career, investing, all the things you want, there's going to be some part of it that resonates with you. And okay. it transformed into a tool that I could put out there to help 
anyone, which means right. all right. of the people that I can't reach through my daily work as a real estate professional and coach. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So, David, what kind of feedback have you gotten? What kind of responses have you gotten from people who have read the book? And did you get the opportunity to do any book tours to be, to orally explain to an audience the contents of the book? So the book is actually going to be released in April. I okay. only allowed a few people to read it so far okay. to get okay. Um, okay. second opinions. And so far, the feedback is extremely positive. All and right. I hope if I can find a way to get this information into the people's hands that need it, that I will start to do those types of things so that I can engage the people that actually need the help. Because I believe information is the biggest, let's say, gap between the people who have these systems set in their life already mm -hmm. and the people yeah. who have the wealth that they need and yeah. the people who are trapped in a cycle of survival. All right. Indeed. So in terms of giving advice to someone who has now started a family and they are seeking a home for their family, how do you put together a plan and work with them? Is it, like you said before, based on budgetary constraints, maybe location, logistics, or is there something that you have that's generic and, and specific towards this kind of individual just married? and looking to purchase the ideal family home? The, I want to say there's a general approach that anyone can take, but the, yeah. the catch is that everybody's finances and goals are different. Right. So most of the time it does end up focusing on budget a lot because if you mm -hmm. are a newly married couple and you don't have kids and you're paid well, there's a lot of different options we can use to get you what you okay. want. If you're a couple that's been married a few years, you have four kids, you have a lot of financial obligations and commitments. Maybe you're not going to be able to save the amount you need to put down <laughs> in a house that yeah. fits yeah. your entire family. Right. So then the approach becomes what tools can I introduce you to that'll bridge this gap? What okay. grants, what down payment assistance programs, what low income assistance programs, whatever situation you're in, what do I need to get in your hands for you to succeed? And then right. how long will that take to succeed? Yeah. So it really just depends on where you're at. But what I'll say is the earlier you start, the faster it is, the more mm. obligations you have in your life before you start to invest in your own homes and your own long term, the longer the process ultimately takes. Yeah, I get that. So in terms of someone who is looking to create generational wealth, what are some of the guidelines that you would give them with regards to providing real estate properties or investments so that a line of succession can take place with their children and their grandchildren and something long into the future that they're looking to create a kind of legacy as far as real estate investments are concerned how would you advise them to go about it i advise them to work backwards from the goal 
-huh. If you are going to need, let's say, $10,000 a month to live in retirement, replace your income, be financially free, your wife and you don't have to work anymore. Uh -huh. Okay, well, what properties generate that much income? How do we get there? Okay, great. To buy that property right now, we would need to have this much money. What's the property that will help us make that much money? Which property can we invest in now that will increase in value enough over the next 10 years to make that property? And so what mm -hmm. we do is we work back and say, okay, for you to get there, you're going to need three properties. Each of them costs this much. And here's the neighborhoods you could invest in for a faster than average growth. Okay. Here are the neighborhoods that the city is developing. Here are transportation. Here are businesses coming into your area. This is the area you can buy a starter home in that will put you on the best track to achieve that end financial goal that you want. And you stick along with them. You help them buy the first property. You check in every year, rework the plan based on how their lives change. And then over the course of 20 years, you've helped them with four or five purchases, sales, tax deferred exchanges. And suddenly now they have the two properties they need that cash flow that $10,000. And now yeah. all they have to do is pay those properties off. Okay. And it's that simple. Yeah. Leaving those paid off properties to their children will allow their children to double those properties with half the effort thereby right. creating multi-generational wealth that never runs out because every generation of kids will start off better than the last. Yeah. Sounds like a plan. Thank you for sharing, David. So you have been listening to David DePong, self-development coach, author, and a real estate expert. We will go for a quick 27 seconds or so break, and we'll be right back with David with more valuable content for you. Stick around, folks. FindRadioGuest.com, the place to click to find guests to interview for free. And if you're a radio show booker, podcaster, talk show host, or television producer, then this is the place to get podcasts and radio interviews or promote your books and products as a guest expert sponsor. FindRadioGuest.com. Check it out. Okay, so we may have had a little blip there from the Wi-Fi and also the technology. It goes like that sometimes. <laughs> we have no control over that. But we are back live in the breakout room with David Dipong, a real estate professional developer, also author and self-development coach. David, are you in the process of mentoring any group of people or any single individual that you see has the potential to do the stuff that you're doing and you realize, hey, you know what? I can share what I have achieved with regards to my knowledge and my experience and at least it can grow and develop through this individual or this group of persons. Definitely. I have multiple mm -hmm. clients on the real estate side that I'm helping go down this journey. And okay. I have several clients on the 
self-development side trying to create the success that they're after in their life that uh -huh. may in the future intersect with real estate but right now it isn't okay. and i prioritize those people as well because anybody you help in their life is now more equipped to help the others so that's part right. of the impetus of the book it's okay on either side of my business, whether I help somebody buy a home, invest in a rental property, they become more financially capable of supporting their family. And when I'm working mm. with my success and life coach clients, it, what goals they have are helping them become a person that's able to more positively affect those that are around them. So I feel like this is a you help one person and then they help one person type of butterfly effect where if we do this long enough if enough people like me or you are doing this that within a couple of decades we can affect everyone yeah yeah great okay so i just want to share this photo with you and i want you to get your, your comments on it it's an amazing photo actually here we go <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> tell us about it david <laughs> Oh, that's my, it's my wife and my uh -huh. so, sweet dog, Billy. Wow. Billy's she's, a pit bull? Yeah. She's the most sensitive dog I've ever owned. She's so wow. sweet and she's actually just laying down in her bed in the other room waiting for me to be done <laughs> so I can come better. Uh, okay. She makes us so happy. Yeah. Okay, great glad we can share that moment okay so david in terms of the future where do you see yourself going as a self-development coach a real estate developer broker agent expert and an author are there more books or publications in the coming not for now i might consider uh -huh. writing another book in a few years what comes mm -hmm. next is maximizing the amount of time that I can use for my real estate clients and because of my own boss, making sure that all of the other times of my week are filled up with coaching clients. I'm only okay. one person, but if I'm gonna help as many people as possible, time management is the next phase. Making yeah. sure I'm yeah. effectively and efficiently delivering this information and still helping all of my current clients at the best of my ability so that nobody falls through the cracks. Yeah. Yeah. I I have seen some people who have lost properties where we are here in the Caribbean. And also some friends have told me about people who have lost properties, had earned properties uh, in North America and several parts of Europe. My concern here is, are there any contingency plans that someone could put in place? For example, when we had to deal with COVID-19, yeah. and we have so many negative memories of that, some people fell into hard times, David, and yeah. some lost their property, not due to a fault of theirs, but it's just that the situation was so depressive that they couldn't recover enough to maintain the properties, keep the payments up, and what was necessary to, to maintain ownership. Is there some sort of contingency plan that people can use 
financially or otherwise, that if a hard time hit, they have something to fall back on with regards to maintaining ownership of their real estate properties? Yes and no. Uh Yes, because the, the time you can do something about it is before you buy the property. If you look at a property and you're stretching and you are a best case scenario, it's hard for you to afford this property. Well, if anything goes bad, what happens? Uh, you're, you're likely to lose that property to, by yeah. being conservative with your estimates and knowing it deeply knowing the area that you're going to be investing in. Like I work in California and coach my clients to invest here. You could avoid these problems by preparing for them in advance. If you have Mm -hmm. a property that you could afford and we take a look and say, okay, what would we need to do to rent this property for what you owe on it every month? And we can create a solution. That's a property that you should consider buying because it works for you now. And we have a plan just in case something happens to you. Is there family that you could move into? and pay the mortgage while renting it out, even if you're taking a small loss on the rents. What can we do to make sure you get through the two to three slow years, like we always have, real estate is cyclical, and get to the next 10-year boom? Because once you hit that point, especially in you know California, New mm-hmm. York, Georgia, yeah. Florida, a lot of these warmer climates that yeah. development and business is going to, you start to be locked in with equity, equity that you can now use the next time that hardship comes. Okay. So the first few years are the most imperative. And if you've done your job, which is why you should work with a professional who can help you, if you've done the right planning and you get through the first five years, you're golden because you're protected by equity and rents and everything else the income, everything about the property has increased while your payment has stayed the same. It's just those first few years that is usually pretty temperamental. And that's why you need to make those conservative estimates. Okay. Yeah, great. Thank you for sharing, David. Do you work in collaboration with other real estate agents um, with regards to property development and so on? Or is it just uh, a solo run an independent run where you are just at the helm of everything. I'm at the helm of everything in regards to my business. If somebody's mm-hmm. not in my state, there are a few, I have someone else to refer you to. So okay. if you okay. were in New York, I would have somebody else who does similar things to what I do with my business to send right. you to. Right. Basically, right knowing when I can help you and knowing when I can't and knowing who to put your hands who to put you into, who can help you. So I draw the line so that there's never a point where I'm falsely representing myself. Here's what I can do. And if I can't do that, here's who you need to go to. And that way you achieve your goals. I achieve my goals. And we build more of that trust that keeps that long-term relationship easier. To, mm-hmm. to keep in touch, to go through those motions, to get that financial outcome, you need to have a long-term partner. And that's what I hope to be for people. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So 
in terms of the future market for real estate, where do you see the real estate market going? Is there some sort of projection that you guys use that you can say, okay, next three years from now, buy here, don't buy there, rent here, don't rent there. Is there some sort of projection that tells people what they can expect two, three years down the road and you use that as a guide? The data is what tells us that. Okay. There, markets are extremely micro. You could say Los mm -hmm. Angeles, but what you would really say be saying is a thousand micro cities in Los Angeles and what yeah. neighborhoods. I coach my clients based on the data. Interest okay. rates have fallen from above 8% to the high sixes. That's going to mm -hmm. bring a lot of people back in the market. Right. And we don't have nearly enough home supply. So what's going to happen mm. to prices? They're going to go. Yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. go up. And right. if you want a home for the lowest amount of cost per month, you need to buy in this city as soon as possible. But if you want the best investment and not necessarily the home that is your ideal living situation, we can move over to this city, which has development happening in it right now that's set to be completed over the next 10 years. And it also benefits from the other criteria that I just said with the market mm -hmm. starting to heat back mm -hmm. up again. So yeah. based on what your needs are, whether it's a personal home or your first goal is to earn money through appreciation, whether you want it to be an investment, whatever your primary goal is, we can direct you to an area. I can direct you to an area that works best for that goal. It's up to you to decide what that goal is. And I can provide you data to help you make that decision but then there will be a place that's best for you to invest in and a home that's best for you to invest in in that area okay right so along that line you you hinted the fact that two big challenges that people have are one financial and two mindset what are the other challenges if there are any that people normally face in being able to choose a proper real estate investment for themselves, their family, long-term, short-term, as the case might be? I think the only other, the biggest other obstacle is fear and mm. trauma. Mm. Like you said, some people have lost properties because they may or may not have had a right, the right plan they might not have had professionals who are looking out for them. There might have yeah. been some less than ethical practices involved. You, And when something like that happens, people connect that past experience with trauma. They'd never want to experience that again, so much so that they don't even get on the field. They don't even play the game. They don't even invest. So besides not having the money right now in not being able, not thinking you can. People avoid it because they had a negative experience with it in the past. And that's trauma. So you actually have to work through it, talk about it, meet with people that feel like you, meet with multiple professionals, talk to enough people to process those emotions and get through that trauma so that you can do what's best for you and your family long term. Yeah. Yeah, great. Thank you for sharing, David. What about someone who has a desire to leave one state 
and go to a next. For example, they want to get away from, say, Florida and they want to go New York or they want to go further south, like maybe uh, Mississippi or Montana. They just want to do something simple and basic. How do you advise someone about the viabilities of making such a move? How what what kind of process do you use to help them make a wise decision with regards to moving? Well, one is that I connect them with another agent that I trust in the area that they're considering going. So now they okay. can get real-time data from their market and real-time data from the market they're interested in and see the mm -hmm. difference in costs, the difference yeah. in size, amenities, the difference in what $500,000 could get you in one city versus the other city. And right. the second is I I ask them just think about how it's going to factor into their long-term plan. Because if you buy or say invest in your first home in New York or California or one of the higher cost markets, then every 10 years you could pull money out and buy a property, possibly cash in another state. If you invest in the less affordable or the more affordable markets first, well, then your $300,000 house in, let's say, Atlanta is not going to help you buy a million-dollar house in California, regardless of how many years you have. So I ask them to think about the long term and say, okay, where can they buy their first property that will help them buy all of the next ones? And okay, then just so, give them information. Uh, yeah. You give yeah. them all the information and you let them to decide you let them decide what's best for them. All right. I get that. I get that. Do you do you involve people in making choices as well with regards to vacation homes? Um I, I have seen a lot of shows on the AWE channel where you have these people who they have their residential homes that they're living with their family mm -hmm. but they seem to be always in the market david for a vacation home where they, they want to just get away from it all and it's there for them anytime they need to take a break whether it's for a week or two weeks they can just go there and chill out do you do you have people coming to you basically for that kind of advice and support as well rarely ah. so if you have if you want just a second home a home that's going to sit there most people don't tend to buy that home in uh -huh. a market like mine where they'd be spending one to six million for it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. generally you'll find those homes like somebody bought one in mexico or something like that where they just yeah. they buy it it's not that much money to keep and it's always there generally right. The, my clients' considerations if they're buying a second home here is what can they rent it for when they're not here? Mm. Are the cities, does the city have any rules against short-term or Airbnb rentals? Mm -hmm. What permits would you need to have to do something like that? And do the numbers make sense so that the six months or three months a year that you want to be there can with can the numbers work out can we make enough money in the other nine months to right. make that a reasonable purchase because if it's not a good investment 
and you still have the money and you want it, you can make that decision. I tend to encourage my clients to only buy things that are going to be good investments because once right. you have the money, once you have the cash flow, your investments will eventually pay for you to rent a property wherever you want for however long you want. Okay, interesting. So, David, we come into the end of the program, and I would sometimes ask my guests three basic questions that would have a choice. In each question, there's a choice or two. And when you make that choice, you usually would be telling me, well, why did you choose what you chose? So here's question number one. Mm -hmm. Whether you're a sports fan or not, would you pick the Chiefs or the 49ers for the Super Bowl? You know, I would pick the 49ers. I think the Chiefs ah. have gotten enough wins. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I hear uh, you. I hear you. And that, that's a pretty good love. reason. Yeah. Okay, great. I hear you. Understood. In terms of dieting, would it be ham mm. and cheese or peanut butter and jelly? Peanut butter and jelly. Mm. It's just so good. Uh, wow and it's Come. vegan you can uh, you can do whatever you want anyone can right. have it hey, songs warm <laughs> okay great in terms of technology and your online usage maybe mm -hmm. even your ai usage would you prefer microsoft or apple inc apple wow that was quick why apple it's so much more user friendly yeah, I, I hear that all the time. I hear that all the time. I don't so need to do all that crazy stuff. I just want something <laughs> that's going to do what I need it to when I need it to. Right, right, right. I get it. Okay, great. Thanks for being part of those three questions. Just to cool things down a bit as we come to the end of this broadcast. We have just about one and a half minutes to go. And David, I'm going to help you a bit by putting some information up on the screen but you can tell folks how they can reach out to you, what is the most effective platform in which they can send information out to make contact with you so you can share your skills and your competence with them and your expertise as far as what you do is concerned. All of my contact information is on my website or if you really aren't sure where to start and you just want to have a conversation, you can email me at coachwithdave at gmail.com i made the okay. email super simple just like everything okay. in my book yeah. and everything uh -huh. about the process so that people can remember it <laughs> and feel like they can reach out with no obligations because at the end right. of the day i'm here to help you right and you have to be the one to reach out if you yeah. really want that change in your life right Okay, and so David, the book is going to come out in April. Where where can they look for that that release in terms of the the platforms they can seek to purchase the book? So it'll be published through self published through Amazon, mm -hmm. and I will make sure to give you a heads up, send you mm -hmm. a link to share with the audience. Yeah, that'd be great. Got no problem with that, my buddy. So we're going to do that as well. And so, David, we thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on The Breakout Room, the information, the knowledge that you shared. 
to me was quite enlightening. I learned some things along the way as well. It was refreshing and cleared up some misconceptions I had in my mind about real estate and investment. So thank you so much for being a wonderful guest on the program. And as we leave, folks, remember our three watchwords, health, happiness, and prosperity. Until next time, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development together with David DePong saying so long, Godspeed, shalom, God bless, namaste. Bye for now.